0: Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Hello, everybody.
1: Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast. It is Friday. It is 1 p.m. Pacific, which means we're here to uh, meet really amazing founders and mentors and investors that are serving our amazing veteran entrepreneurial community. Uh, as always, with me is my co-host, Carmen Nazario. Carmen, how are you?
2: Good. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our show. Uh, yeah, I am doing great. So our guests this week are, are familiar with the show, uh,
1: Matt Abrams, who is now with TFX Capital, and Brennan Sheldon, who is the founder of TFX Capital, uh, have both individually been on the show, but now they're here together. Welcome. Thanks,
2: guys. Welcome.
1: Hey, how are you? Uh, well, how are you guys holding up? I mean, uh, Brandon, you're in North Carolina. Uh, Matt, you are in Bend, or beautiful Bend, Oregon. How are you guys holding up?
3: I think as well as uh, anyone at this point. And I think that uh, we're a lot more fortunate than, than a lot of folks that are out there. So uh, I, I count my blessings in that regards. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon,
1: how are you holding up over there?
4: Yeah, great. Great. I would say same thing as Matt. Um, you know, we're just taking it one day at a time. Good news is another week is down. Um, so, yeah, my mantra is let's just take a day by day. Let's get through the month of April. If there is one good part of this environment that we're living in is that the information seems to change dramatically day to day. So tomorrow we'll bring a new day with new information. So the further we get into this, the more information we have. So uh, good, good and bad. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're doing okay. I appreciate you asking, you know, all adjusting to the work from home, doing the work front, supporting my spouse and her job. So um, staying healthy, staying focused. Good. Good, good. Yeah,
1: I, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, taking the time. Uh, you know, we've, we've had you both on the show, and and so we don't we don't have to rehash sort of your background, but I, I, I wanted to spend this hour kind of talking a little bit about um, things that you are advising startups as they're getting through this. So um, I, I want to spend some time talking that through, but to just give people a refresher, Brendan, you want to kind of cover what TFX Capital is and what you guys are focused on?
2: J- Josh, before we dive into that, um, it, I think it would be kind of cool to just refresh uh, what they did in the military in the sense that we could have folks in our audience that uh, never had heard uh, them on in the past, and and it would be good for me to refresh as well. So if, if that's okay with you guys, uh, if you could just do, uh, you know, a few minutes each what you did while in the military, that'd be great.
4: Sure. It's Brandon here. Uh, I'll start. Uh, so, so, so Matt's a great mentor, teammate. He comes from a military family, but Matt worked in the national security apparatus, which is same sort of environment. Um, so he can speak to that. So he understands the mission-driven, uh, all-hands-on-deck um serve others mentality that we try to focus on at tfx which just makes them a tremendous fit for us as a venture partner and frankly a friend um yeah so for me i served uh, i'm from virginia um, i come from a long many generations of military um i was in the army i used the rotc scholarship to pay for college uh i served on active duty as an infantry officer and then an intelligence officer from 1998 to 2004 and then i did two more years in the reserves um and Total of eight eight years uh, military service. Uh, my my spouse, I met her in the military. Uh, my brother, my father, my uncle, my brother-in-law. So long lineage uh, of military. And then from 2004 to 2015, eleven years of uh, hopping around. Um, I was a went into Wall Street post military. So 12, 12 years ago last month, I was a I was a bond trader um, at Bear Stearns in New York City when our our bank know exploded uh, which kind of kicked off the early parts of the great recession so a lot of what, what's going on in the world right now there's a there are a lot of similarities to that and then obviously there's a lot of things that are <laughs> extraordinarily different about this crisis um, and that sent me into some consulting and then an enterprise strategy role um, and then in 2015 um, started tfx capital uh, we are a small um, still young uh, venture capital firm based in charlotte north carolina we do invest nationally. Our investment thesis is centered around the founders. Uh, we invest in multi-founder domain ex- expert teams, uh, where at least one of them is what we deem a high-performing former military leader, um, or now recently, you know, national security type leader who has learned how to critically think and problem solve under you know orchestrated duress and stressful moments. So, right now, um, I, we're starting to really you know take inventory of our nine portfolio companies how they how are they responding to this current crisis how are they decision making how are they inspiring their teams how are they caring for others and I'm really early days only we're only you know month or so into this but um, our teams are performing and they're they're executing exactly like we thought they would under maximum pressure um, but that's where our thesis is on um, the business side so that's the founder side the businesses we like are business to business softwares or service or tech enabled service businesses so the traditional you know, tech investor Early stage, so you know, kind of first couple years of the business's life, and we're writing you know three to five hundred thousand dollar checks and you know one million to kind of five to eight million dollar rounds, and then post investment, which makes us you know a little bit different as well, is that we are constantly, even for the small check size and the small size of our VC firm, we are trying to provide way more value from a network standpoint that could be helping you find talent helping you organize your uh, organization's hygiene and functional components, um, finding talent, kicking down doors to find sales, uh, get some market intel. And we really lean on a lot of networks, but the core network we lean on is a very special one, which is key, which we talked about the last time I was on the show, was around the, the, the veteran and military community. That tribe is rumored to be about 80 to 100 million strong in the United States people who've had a one degree of separation from someone in the service you know a a sibling a parent a child a grandfather a grandmother um and so you know that that especially right now you know i feel very confident that we come across a founder who needs something at a company we can knock on some very senior doors and get some answers really quickly and a very thoughtful you know you know pay it forward mindset and so those are two things that we focus on you know as the founders up front and then post investment trying to be quite proactive using that that tribe But that's my background, and that's um, um, what we do, Carmen. And then to pass it to Matt, you know, Matt, since 2016, he served as an advisor and then a fellow board member of one of our portfolio companies there in Seattle. Uh, Tremendous mind, tremendous uh, skill set. I'll let him talk about it um, and and has this mission-driven service mindset um, pulsing through his veins at all times. So if you were to if he was to disclose some of the other things he's working on right now to try to help in various healthcare fronts uh and serve forward and you know spending a lot of late nights working um it's, it's a testament to his dna and his uh his mission so i'll pass it to you matt for intros thanks
2: thank you night. brandon that was great
3: yeah so in, in first time on the show for me so thanks for having me guys um so you know, uh, my background—I um, don't come from uh, the military directly. Uh, certainly, as uh, military family, uh, my my brother, uh, Air Force U two driver, uh, my old man, 82nd Airborne, uh, and I got my start though as a, as an operator uh, in DC from a from a data and analytics perspective across uh, multiple government agencies, and um, I spent the last twenty years. Uh, in uh, the enterprise software industry from small startups uh, out in, in Silicon Valley during dot-com uh, one days to uh, industry standards bodies and the, the data, the analytics, the intelligence space uh, and leading efforts there uh, to ultimately getting acquired by Oracle. Uh, what I realized is that I've been through, this is the, the third um, third big downturn uh, that I've been through. And uh, it just so happens that in each instance, every one of uh, my teams and team members were all remote. So there's a lot of discussion right now in terms of this move to remote work and remote um, uh, response so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, for those of you that do or, or do not know uh, Bend, Oregon, uh, I mean, it's it's a small town in the middle of the Pacific Northwest here in Oregon that's that Uh, It is remote. And um, so seeing the transition that is happening now with all these different organizations and companies, um, I've been fortunate to have been through that ringer uh, before, if you will, or that that type of of work environment and lifestyle. Um, But as as Brandon mentioned um, earlier, um, I got involved as an advisor and venture partner to uh, TFX. I've spent the last, uh, since 2016, uh, as you mentioned, uh, helping um, uh, create and grow uh, a venture firm out here, Seven Peaks Ventures, uh, and incredibly proud of what was done there. But now it is uh, my next transition is to uh, helping advise uh, both uh, funds such as TFX that are on this mission-driven and purpose-driven uh, ethos, if you will, as well as startups and and other enterprise organizations. And especially now in the in the times that we're in, I just think that it's an incredibly important aspect is to how do we how do we serve bigger than, than ourselves? And I think we have a tremendous opportunity uh, to think and do things differently uh, on a broad scale coming out of COVID uh, versus how we've just been used to uh, them being done before. So it's it's really my privilege and and uh, uh, and pleasure to to have this opportunity to to help out in whatever way I can.
1: You know, it's funny, I'm I'm friends with both of you separately, and uh, and it's interesting to see that you guys both got together through this, uh, through TFX, which I I thought was a perfect fit. When I saw the announcement, I thought it was great. Um, I reached out to both of you individually and and congratulated you both. Uh, What do you think makes TFX unique during this time uh, as far as what you're looking for? For new investments, or or I guess I should back up. Are you guys looking for new investments right now? Are you deploying new capital?
4: Yeah, it's Brandon. I'll I'll take that one. Yeah, we just we did our ninth investment last month, or this past Monday, this week. Yeah, five days ago. And then Um,
1: nice. And then so, what are you looking for besides just sort of the things that you outlined already—the high performer, high high performing operator? What are some of the things you're looking for as it relates to what what they're going through in the current crisis?
4: Yeah, I, I just talked to a founder earlier today. I, I mean, Josh, I, I, we don't know. We are actively investing, but the invest. My opinion, coming from outside the industry to this industry over the last five years, um, I think there's enough uncertainty and volatility and unknowns, and you know, making venture capital bets into you know one-year-old companies that have basically <laughs> 10% of evidence and 90% is in PowerPoint. So, and the failure rates would prove that out, in my opinion. So, despite you know a one-way train from 2009 to 2019 of compounding levels of money going into early-stage software companies in the United States, that the 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 successful outcomes or exits for investors, the, the rates have stayed about the same. So, more money doesn't seem to move the needle. Um, but like right now, you know, we're 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 really focused inwardly, and and, and we're open about that. So you know, until we have some more information, really over the next 16 days, unless something amazing, as in terms of a brand new company, probably that we've already touched base with over the last 12 months, com- comes across our bow with very favorable terms, so thus the price is pretty low, uh, or or maybe the um, maybe their their platform or their business was built for this moment type thing. You know, those would be sort of the outliers, Josh. So I, our thesis remains the same, but in terms of new investments. We, we need just like probably, well, 99% of all venture capital firms out there. We just, every situation is going to be different and we have to factor in, you know, the existing unknowns of a, of a young immature startup business plus the unknowns of the world right now. Um, my personal belief is that the economic damage that will come into our country will be severe, it'll be worse than anything anyone alive has ever seen. Um, I think we're in for a very long, extremely painful gut check as a country um especially as it relates to our economy um you know i think we'll get through it i think you know we're taking it one day at a time but you know we invest in b2b companies you know and we've been going through the last three weeks of emergency board calls and planning contingency planning and scenario planning and you know one of the questions we ask is hey what are your corporate customers or your college customers or your government customers what are they telling you and right now it's just there's so many unknowns that people are just Comparing notes on the phone, but you're already starting to see large Fortune 500 companies like get rid of 90% of their 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 employees, or furlough them, or you know uh, decrease compensation, take away bonuses, cut pay raises, freeze travel. So you're already starting to see that, and so by pausing our economy that was going you know 60, 70 miles an hour, you know throwing it into park. And leaving the engine revving at that 70 mile an hour level for a month or two or three, I mean, it's just—it's just, it, just going to have downstream effects for our founders. So that's a long way of saying we don't know. Just like most investors, we don't know what life will look like on the far side of this, but it'll definitely be different, like the new normal. So when we do talk to new founders, we, we were that way anyway, because we're, we're all fellow veterans. We say, "Hey, listen, we don't waste your time. We are looking at new deals, but you know, if you're trying to raise," If we're just meeting you right now and you're trying to raise a million dollars in the next 90 days, I, 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 you know, we're, I'm going to take it slow. I mean, you should put us on the back burner. You should you should double down on the investors you've been talking to all along pro, pro, uh, before this crisis because they're going to know you best and a little right. bit more stable environment. Um, but in terms of what we're looking for, which I think is the bigger question, I mean, it's early days. Um, but I've been personally really pleased with, frankly, all nine of our teams over the last really three weeks how they're, they're all different. They're all comprised differently. They all have different DNAs. I think one of the things I always stress internally is I, a, a veteran is a veteran there. You know, there's 20 million of us. We're all 20 million individuals who happen to have gone through similar service periods in an early part of our careers. And we all have changed as individuals since we left the service. And so I'm not here to say these veterans or the saviors of their businesses or Better than non-military folks. I can only speak to witnessing our nine companies, and they're they're performing. Josh, just like you would think they would. You know, they're moving right into course of action development. They're doing backwards planning. You know, what well, are our mission um, um, critical tasks with the main effort? How do we work the problem right? Um, you know, they've had down. I've had down days. They've had down days. You know, I think we're all human, but like just adjustments, right? Let's work the problem. And across the board, all nine of our teams have been, through, have been in worse environments than this. That mm-hmm. has been, that's been an interesting conversation. Whether you're in combat or not, you've been in more physical and mental um, challenging moments, courtesy of the Department of Defense, <laughs> um, that, that you, you have something to lean back on, knowing that you as a human And you as a professional can weather this right now, how you choose to react to that as a human being, as a father, as a mother, as a sibling or, you know, a son or daughter of someone who has this. I mean, that's where we spend a lot of our time. That's where Matt's been helping out quite a bit is that now that we start to settle into the long haul of this, we really are trying to promote a lot of attention um, and resources to mental health. Because, you know, yes, you were in the military. Yes, you've been shot at or deployed five times or whatever. That does not mean you're immune to what's happening right now, right? And so we, you know, Matt's been I'll pass it to him. Matt's been really good about helping us bring un, unearthed resources that we can start to offer up um, for free to our founders, saying, "Look, here's some mental health professionals. You know, let's get you some executive coaches. Let let's 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 set up some routines over the next 60, 90 days, so that when we do get to the far side of this crisis, you 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 can't be you can't be disheveled and obliterated." You, know, you 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 have to be fresh you have to be you know ready to go and, and seize the moment as your market and business starts to unlock itself and unseize itself if you get to that point you know mentally and physically destroyed that it, that will inevitably have impacted your team and your business right, right. so that's i think that's our so there, I would say a long answer short question i think new deals trying to be fair like look until we get some more knowns over the next 60 days we're probably not the best group to be doing multiple calls you know, I, I saw uh, someone on Twitter, a venture capitalist we respect, said, you know, VCs now, because they're not traveling to conferences, have all day long to poke around your PowerPoint and go through endless amounts of um, demos and you know, basically wasting your time. Yeah. Um, but you, the founder, don't have time, right? So we try to say, hey, we're pounding the back burner. And then our current portfolio, I've just been really pleased. They all, in their own individual markets and businesses and their own individual leadership styles, the veteran in the founding team. You can start to see them step forward even more than they were to sort of shoot, move, and communicate, crisis manage, you know, persevere. Um, so where we're there trying to support them at every step.
3: I do think there thought, are a few. I do think there are a few threads to, to pull on to to, to bring his comments there. So one is a general piece where. Uh, absolutely agree in terms of, look, if, if you as a founder have not been communicating and working with investors already and have an established relationship, and you're just beginning to go out and, and try to fundraise, uh, unless it's it's a uh, solution that is so clearly meeting the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that your customers uh, need right now, uh, then d- don't bother. i absolutely accurate on that like batten down the hatches for the next three months um, because there's too much distraction of of everything else. Um, I I think a couple different uh, points as well, though, that that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right now, we're all personally, we're professionally, uh, uh, organizationally. Um, Businesses are, that is it. If, If you don't solve an immediate problem, and it's not, you know, there's the old analogy of vitamin versus pain pill, it's not a pain pill. This is, I need a vaccine so it's gone from vitamin to what's the vaccine and the treatment that you have for me right now that will either allow me to navigate and work in this new environment immediately that will allow me to cut costs that will allow me to make decisions faster those are sort of the the three core things that uh, i would say throughout uh 08 as well as uh, 01 um, you know they followed that similar pattern of you give me those types of solutions and meet those three uh, Maslow's hierarchy qualities, and okay, I'm interested. Otherwise, don't waste my time. The other aspect yeah. on, the, on the service piece, um, we are seeing, uh, and, and uh, because <laughs> this is the wonderful thing about the, the American people is that everyone is jumping up, raising their hands and saying, how can I help? How do I get involved? They're problem solving real time. They're wanting to serve. And unfortunately, uh, and I don't want to get I mean, political here, what we're seeing is these completely disjointed you know people, organizations that are being spun up that none of it's coordinated or centralized, so on and so forth. There's no leadership from a top level to be able to bring all that together and harness that power. And I think from a service perspective and veterans' mindsets in particular, that there's a tremendous opportunity for veteran va- founders to step up, step up that do know how to lead from a service first perspective not a dollars in revenue first perspective but a service first whether it's service to their you know their teammates it's service to the customers so on and so forth but to bring on board and rally uh, folks uh, bro- more broadly to say wow I am really interested in helping solve and be more of service and solving these types of problems. And yes, it's still a hard business problem that we're generating significant revenue from, versus just hey, I'm I'm doing this chat app or whatever it may be. I'm simplifying yeah. it down there, but that's a tremendous opportunity that I think is a shift that um, we need to capitalize on that we can see coming out of out of COVID here.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you've gone through, Matt, specifically. You mentioned going through two downturns, and I want to sort of dig into that a little deeper. But uh, but first, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio.
2: Today's episode of The Veteran Startups is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. For instance, media relations. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this. Press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Carmen and Josh sent you.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast. We're here talking to a few folks from TFX Capital, Brandon Sheldon, and uh, and my friend Matt Abrams. Uh, Matt, we were just talking a little bit ago about uh, you know the downturns that you've experienced. I, I want to pick through that a little bit. What are you what are you what are you advising founders to do while they're going through these? And what were you, what was your experience going through the last downturn? But what do you what do you tell founders right now uh, as they're going through this crisis that we just don't know when it's going to end?
3: I think uh, there are some really simple aspects here. And, you know, everyone is, is there's, there's plenty of guidance and perspective and advice out there. And, and um, I think it's blown it down to some simple aspects that in any and this is to me in, in any hard situations, any any crisis aspects so on and so forth. Uh, it's first deal with reality. And really just confront that head on as to um, uh, here is the reality, including uh, the potential worst case uh, scenarios that we're facing. Uh, there's an old adage, bad news doesn't get better with age. Uh, and so jump in, pull out the band-aid, and deal with the, deal with things head on. Um, in this uncertain environment, uh, you know, there is uh, something to be said as to. um um, people will outline, hey, it's it's not worst case scenario. There's a V-shaped recovery. A lot of discussions around this. The worst that happens if you're wrong and you're thinking worst case scenario and you're planning for that. That guess what? It's going to be easier for you. Uh, but if you actually plan for those those worst case environments and project out, you can work those problems, solve those problems in in a realistic fashion that everyone understands. Uh, the other aspect is um, look. Um, uh, Can com- over communicate, over communicate with everyone your team, uh, every member internally, your family, uh, your customers, your investors, uh, et cetera. Um, it is get everyone around the boat that you need. And I think that that's really important is to, in times like this, um, you know, any titles, and frankly, in any time, but any titles, positions, roles, whatever, go out the window in the sense of if you need resources someplace, um, call, make things happen, get them wherever you need. The other piece I'm, uh, I would say that um, I find really interesting, you know, everyone is, has been pushing on doing video, video, video. And um, yes, video is great. as part of the new norm, so on and so forth. There's friction still in video in my mind. Maybe people would argue differently, but pick up the damn phone, make phone calls. Mm. Uh, it is still the most frictionless thing to happen. And um it we don't need to be on video all the time and i think that there's this um this uh, I- improper story out there is to hey to have a cohesive team that you need to get everyone on video into the video chat so on and so forth i think there's some great things to it don't don't uh, get me wrong on that front but uh we over index on if we wanna create this common team culture that we have to be connected somehow via video, phone call is great, okay? I like leverage it. Um, the other aspect is you're always gonna be wrong, but make a decision. Um, there, there is no perfect decision and uh, you will be wrong once a day, if not more, but course correct throughout it. Make those hard calls um you know gut up in terms of okay it's going to suck if i am wrong i might make the wrong decision but be human be empathetic uh and uh, move quickly um not making decisions and uh being afraid of making the wrong choice um then you're gonna you're gonna sink your ship and i think that's the other aspect here as well there's there's a very hard piece here as to um how do you be um, empathetic? How do you take care of everyone? And um, just truly be human. And that is a brutally hard aspect. And there's, an, there's, there's another piece to it, though, and it's, it's more clinical, and that is your job as the founder is to to survive and then to thrive in, during these times. But survival means you have to save the ship. You have to make sure that you can save the entire ship, and that may mean that there are sacrifices that happen, which are very human, personal, hard decisions, and it's the most brutal decisions that you will have to make, period, because it involves people's lives, families, so on and so forth. And you need to reach out. You need to you know, get support on that. You can't take this all on yourself, And but uh, every step of the way, uh, it is recognizing that Um, it's treating people with respect, with dignity, uh, and understanding as well that everyone else is trying to figure it out. Nobody has, um, the answers on the perfect way of doing something. I don't care what their title is, their role, seniority, whatever it may be. Everyone is trying to figure out the very best you can and, and pulling everyone you need around you to, to do so. Yes, that's great advice.
1: I I like that. mm -hmm.
3: Go
2: ahead, oh yeah. I, I, I think that's great advice too. And I was just going to ask, um, have you guys had to make some of those hard calls, uh, you know, make a difficult decision. Um, and, and if you did, what was that and what was it like? The current crisis? Yes. In the yeah, current no. one.
4: No, not yet. It's too early.
2: Not yet. No, no, not yet. no. I think, uh, but, but you're planning for the worst scenario. No,
4: not necessarily. And to, to try to articulate, I'll just, maybe I'll walk it into what we're, guidance we're uniformly giving to our founders, is use the month of April. Um, every one of our teams is different. They're all financed differently. They're all working with different customers, and they definitely have different personalities, right? What, what unifies them is that they have a high-performing former military leader in the founding team, leadership team, and they're backed by us, right? And they're all in this debacle with us, right? So what we've been saying, again, in general, not saying we're not right and perfect, and we were not a venture capital firm in 2008 or 2000, 2001, but based on the conditions on the ground, um, the month of April is a really important month. So I don't want to get into the, the science of epidemiology, and you know, there's, there's plenty of extraordinarily well, um, well-educated and professional folks that are coaching all of us on that. But if you look at the, the, the public data from the CDC and others, the bulk of the country, where most of our founders live and work and where most of their customers live and work, will go through the, the hopefully the worst part of this over the next 60 days. It will not go away, but like the worst part. So in our mind, so hopefully you know that, that, that gets you to June 1st. Generally, if you have children who are in school, that's as they start to move in the summer. There's a lot of interesting data points there, right? That's about half year, for uh, your corporate customers and things of that nature. And so for us, we're saying, look, it's too it's too much to think that far out right now. It was hard enough as a startup founder to think through a quarter. And yet we as a board investors are always like, give us your annual plan, 10-person company, five-person company. So what we've been coaching uniformly is create options, go through scenario planning, Carmen, you know what I'm saying? So it's not necessarily only prepare for the doomsday, world's falling apart, get, get into the fetal position, but that should be one. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to strip it right back down to you and your co-founders and restart the business just to stay alive and fight for next year? Depends, right? Depends on who you are and what. I mean, are you willing to start over almost, right? Um, conversely, it, it, maybe your business is thriving. We have one of our companies whose business is actually improving <laughs> with this crisis because of what Matt said. They're in they're in a business that actually can help people in this crisis. May, but most most of the founders are in the middle. So each of them has some level of financial runway, some level of cost base. they are all trying to explore today, especially the um, Paycheck Protection Loan Program um, from the SBA. So as you think through your funding rounds, your runway, your customers, and things like this, go through a bunch of scenarios. And that's, I'm really proud to see this course of action development. They're doing it on their own, right? They're leaning on their lawyer, their founders, and their CFOs to say, okay, if we landed no new customers for the rest of the year, what would happen? If we all took a 25% salary pay cut, could we keep all of our folks employed? If we took the PPP and kept all of our folks for two months, what would happen? Could we do our, our inside investors interested in putting a little bit more money in help us keep growing? Um, do you know all of these scenarios? Um, you know you I'll should be-, be working on as the information comes to us in the month of April. You should be spending that time working these scenarios so that we can get to the end of April. That's what we've told folks. Keep going through your board meetings and talking to your investors and your people, but delay any type of doomsday decision if you need to. And then like use this month and say, okay, let's get to the end of the month. Let's see what happens in the world. Let's see what happens with some of these loan programs. You do all the homework on all the different options that you have. And then based on the information at hand on that day or in that period of time, then make the forward decision versus trying to think through the rest of the year, the viability of my company or knee jerk and cut everybody right now. That's so, but like each. And before I shut up, and pass it to Matt. I think it's important Carmen and Josh to know that we're not saying there's one way to fix this. Every company is different. We're just suggesting based on who you are, your your industry, how you're funded, who's on your team, who your investors are, who you are. Let's let's create some options. What if what if this happens? That happens. That happens. And start right and go through those planning cycles so that you can run them to ground on facts versus emotionally trying to work through the problem. Matt, you were gonna say something.
3: Yeah, I I was I was going to say it 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 certainly is um, uh, company dependent. To to Brandon's point, there there are some companies which are absolutely thriving right now. Uh, To your specific question, though, Carmen, uh, so yes, uh, there it's not just the month of April. There have already been companies that I've worked with that some of it already shutter. Their markets have totally been wiped out, and um, that is that is a brutal um decision making process that uh, some of these ceos have to go through Um, others are uh, scrambling in the sense of uh, how do i change and modify and pivot my business model and um, that is something where um, i think it's really important to if, if you don't have a very clear solution set and you still have have room to run whether it's from uh, dollars in the bank whether it's you have the ability to bootstraps so on and so forth um, there are our founders right now who that made the hard decisions so I've got to lay people off I've got to cut it down to the bare bones um, I've got to pivot and find a new business model as quickly as possible and there are there are uh, a trend that I, I see regularly is that there's some folks that um, they just get too target locked into their existing models, uh, and that's all they necessarily know how to do, and they don't have the the sometimes the capacity to to rapidly switch to a different frame, a different model altogether. And it's a very difficult thing, and those are the ones that they're going to crash up against the wall. Um, so. Right now, uh, uh, it's I'll, I'll push back in terms of, hey, it's, it's April and, and the portfolio companies for TFX are in a good position because they got that flexibility. But there are certainly across the, the space writ large, there are some which have already crashed and burned. There are others which uh, are well on that, that down ramp and scrambling to try to figure things out. Absolutely. Hey, so one of the things that we're seeing constantly come out, uh, I don't know about
1: your guys' Twitter feed and other social media, but there are a lot of resources coming out about how how companies can take advantage of the different programs. The challenge is that because everybody is sort of piling in all these different resources and links, it's kind of hard to disseminate what's real and what's not. What are some of the resources that you're passing along to your portfolio companies or other founders? that you have found to be the most impactful so far.
4: Sure. I'll take that one. I, I spent a lot of my time on that. Listen, this has been a hour by hour. This thing has moved. You've got $350 billion out of this cares act earmarked for businesses under 500 people. So I, I can take you guys on this call, on this podcast down through a lot of rabbit holes. I'm not a lawyer and I am not an accountant. Um, and I'm not a banker, but I, I've self-educated enough in the last week to be dangerous what we've encouraged our founders to do and i think we have a good chunk of our portfolio companies doing this is that you need to contact whoever holds your accounts for your business if you haven't already right so we started this a week ago in terms of scenario planning right talk to your lawyer check your documents based on the guidance that was published last friday do you think you qualify right talk to your cfo how much should we borrow based on the guidance that's pub- that's published and you should be talking to your bank. So if you're J.P. Morgan Chase or you are Bank of America, both of those mega banks opened up their platforms today because they went live this morning. So just within the first four hours this morning, the CEO of Bank of America said that he got 58,000 applications for $6 billion in four hours. So the, I'm not saying there is a first come, first serve, which Treasury at like 1 a.m. last night came out and published. Yes, it'll be first come, first serve. It's very hard for us to tell how fast that 350 billion will be doled out, um, but yeah, if you're a startup company, a founder, and you're just waking up today thinking about this as an option, I think you're behind the curve. You need to pull your resources in, pull your experts in, and check. Don't check Twitter, please. Do not listen to some other VC, please. You know, go to the Treasury website. They have. They have made it. Even I can understand it. Right. Like they have dumbed it down. Go to the SBA website. I don't think that's possible, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> that's... <laughs> it is written in crayon. So even Marines will understand it. Uh, awesome. But like that's what I'm saying. You need to be you, what I expect from the veteran founders. Josh is a unique ability to separate signal from the noise.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So if you are this type of person who is watching five hours of terrible TV and living in social media and that's how you get your information, I, I don't have too much empathy for you business leader, yeah. go find out the facts. It's your job. Interrogate the facts. Bring in experts. Be humble, like Matt saying. No, you'll interpret it wrong probably the first five times. But pull your resources close to you. If you have a board of directors, you should be talking to them almost daily, individually or something in an email. If you have a lawyer, all of you do, you should be in close contact. You should have done that weeks ago, right? If you, ha- but for as of today, make sure you go to the SBA and the Treasury's website and talk to your lawyer and talk to your banker. You do not need any other advice because those are the people who are gonna give you the best, most fact-based information on government programs as they sit today. And the information is changing, so they're gonna change a little bit between now and Monday just for software startups that have equity investors. But that's what I would say, Josh. So I've spent a lot of time on that. Listen, based on my read of it sitting here today, I think that if you are a small business, you know, veterans on this podcast, but if you're a small business owner and you think you can qualify, I think it's a the way they've stripped it down to a two page application, literally, right? And they've waived the personal guarantee, which has always been a hindrance for small business owners to take out loans, right? They waived the fees. You can basically take out two and a half times your last 12 months of uh, payroll, Um and when in, in, let's say you checked all the other boxes, you get the loan. They wire you the money by, let, let's say, May 1st. If you keep your people employed between May 1st and July 1st, exactly as you have them, you you can apply back to the bank saying, I would like my loan forgiven. So it's like a grant. So why would yeah. you do that? right? I mean, it's 60 extra days of information in the world that can come to you. And it can delay some of the decisions I know Matt was talking about, Um but that's me, I'm not an expert. Just for the listeners on your call, or if this is a report, yeah. Go to the government websites, talk to your company's lawyer, and talk immediately. If you haven't already
3: today, call them now. Call them. I would Monday add morning. one more thing. I'd add one more thing in there, is that because yeah. the way this is structured, that uh, the SBA is effectively opening up for the local lenders to make the, the calls instead of the traditional SBA process, if you will. Um, get your your local uh, banker um, on the phone now. Like get as much information as possible. There's a, there, I know that each uh, uh, each county, each state is different, so on and so forth. But there are lists uh, with specific banking contacts that are certified lenders that you can get off the the treasury website, etc. But there are lists that are being disseminated with phone numbers and emails to call them. And, and get them on the phone and, and have that direct relationship. Uh, and I think that's a, a really important uh, place to go because ultimately the, it's, it's the banks that are on the hook for this, the local banks. Well, it's the local banks, the large, the Chase, the Goldens, Bank of America, so on and so forth. And they're the, the stall, uh, and, and like Brandon, I'm not an, a, a legal expert or financial expert here. So that's the caveat. My understanding is the stall right now is... The banks need the assurances from Treasury, from from the Feds, that they necessarily won't be on the hook, holding the bag, if you will, if things go south with particular loans that they have been given free will to give out now. But yeah. they ha- are are making that decisions. Make sure you've got those relationships. Run fast on those.
1: Okay, that's great. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, one other thing I wanted to add to this. Uh, I've been in contact with groups like AFWorks and Army Futures Command, and And what I've seen that has come out of this uh, sort of crisis, if you will, are some new SBIRs, some that are relevant to COVID-19, some that are just uh, some open topics. So uh, for those that are entrepreneurs thinking about how best to seek out non-dilutive resources, I would highly recommend looking at AFWorks or AF Ventures. Both have open SBIRs right now. Some of them, like I said, are COVID-related. Some are not. Army Futures Command released one yesterday. Uh, that will happen in uh, Austin in August, I believe, if we're still hopefully getting back to normal. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think any founder that is looking to uh, mitigate risk or mitigate failure, I think, is looking for options that, one, can keep their doors open and, two, don't dilute their ownership. So um, so I appreciate the, the insight there. And, and Josh, uh,
3: Josh, just, yeah. Josh just, to, just to put out, and maybe it's something that you guys can offer up as well, is – to your comment there's so many links out there there are links left right and center there are sites again this goes back to people are wanting to help and we're an information overload We're an information hell if you will yep. versus giving the knowledge aspects and uh people need they do need things drawn out in crayon not because they're they're stupid or ignorant because things are so complex and they're moving so quickly and if there yep. can be a very clear you know it is literally connect the dots if you you know here are the different options and um, that's what, what folks need more than, than anything to really simplify that down, though. So yeah. uh, I put out that as to if that's something that, that uh, for someone to, to, to truly take on for, for these founders writ large, especially from the veteran side.
1: Yeah. We have, uh, we have a few minutes. I, I want to kind of cover uh, get both of your opinion. And we can start with you, Brandon, about what, what does this look like for founders? once we get back to some sense of normalcy, what do you think back to quote unquote normal will look like for founders getting past this crisis?
4: That's a great question, Josh. I don't know, man. I I wish I knew. Um, I I definitely believe that it'll be fundamentally different than it was a month ago. Sure. I just think the world will be different. I think behaviorally people are going to be different. Um, I think that I think every individual in the, business ecosystem in the United States is is literally impacted by one event. I mean, I would say 9-11, but that was so specific. And, you know, it was one day, one time, right? Um, Right. And I'm not not diminishing it. This is why it's very different. But I think every part of the business ecosystem is going to change, whether it's the individuals in there or the actual companies. Um, So I would say it's a new normal, whatever you want to say. Let's just say next year. Let's say April of next year. I still think people are dying of COVID. I still think we're in the throes of pretty high unemployment rates. I still think that the economic recovery is still whatever. You, I'm not an economist. I know there's a V shape. No, I'm not. I can't. I couldn't tell you. But I just think you you take this economy as fast as it was rolling and you stop it, like we have. Even and we most of these companies are super efficient anyway, so it's not like they had a lot of excess. Um, so I just think that, you know, if you get to next year, if you come, if you can get your business to survive to next year, live the fight another day, get yourself mentally there in a healthy manner. That means, I mean, exercise, diet, family, you know, headspace and timing, your team is there. Um, I I think you're going to have to react to some different variables. So I think, sales cycles are going to be different. I think they could be longer or shorter. I think budgets are going to be different. Um, But I think it's just going to be a lot. You're just going to be in this. I think from this point forward, if you thought running a startup or small business was challenging and, and difficult, well, that was in a market that was generally going up and faster all the time over the last decade. This is going to go down, go backwards, go up, go down. Right. So this is why I think if you're not good as a small business owner uh, continuously um, iterating, like Matt was saying, you better you better pull someone close who is, because I think you're going to be just constantly adapting and iterating above and beyond the natural stuff that a small business would bring. I think it's that way at least for two years, or maybe longer. But I just but Nick, on the plus side, I think the business environment is going to this is going to accelerate some really great things, right? Openness to work from home um better policies and procedures for distributed workforces Um, i matt and i have an off the record you know conversation going back and forth that we both think the entire healthcare system in the united states should be blown apart and started over right i mean Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a lot of really great things tools processes knowledge innovation that'll come out of this it'll just be hard for us to see i think but you know i'm trying to encapsulate in my head all the different types of businesses that may be listening to this even if you sell it with the federal I, government, your life's going to be different. I just think I think we're going to be in this constant adapting for a long time.
3: I'm, I want I want to throw this out on 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 a on the positive side. Um, so normalcy, um, I, I understand where you're going, Josh. There there's a lot of bad with some of the normalcy we had, and what what big events like this tend to do is um, Brandon mentioned the healthcare piece. Let me just take telehealth for a moment telehealth was always it, it was coming it was but it was slow and it was a slog and it was one of those things like because because health systems are are so brick and mortar oriented and focused and, and there's there's so much um, that goes into these these into the, into the healthcare ecosystem overall so it was tough and hard what big events like this tend to do that we really don't see is it makes it puts the accelerator down on big changes that needed to happen, that should have happened, or it pushes us or forces us in these directions in a much faster time frame than we ever could have done before. So telehealth, for instance, you see it all of a sudden exploding through the roof and the efficiencies and the improvements that we can get out of that, both on the health system side, but also on the consumer, the patient side will be tremendous. And I think we've got to look at those opportunities and, and this isn't about how do we go back to normalcy as it was. Um, it is. There's, uh, we have to think, how do we reframe and remake things in the way it should have been to begin with that this is just the catalyst for? Yeah, that's
1: a good way to look that at is- it. I, I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I, I think, uh, thank you so much both of you I would I would just love to hear more, but this example on the telehealth out was just awesome and definitely one of you brought up the fact that we, we still have to sort of switch our our mindset for, and, and, and try to think up of these new different models that we need to operate in our new world. So thank yeah. you guys.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, to to sort of put a button on that last point, I think all the innovation we've saw in the last decade, even going back further, have all come out of an economic downturn. We saw in the last 2008 crash, we saw a lot of the the companies today that are considered unicorns come out of that downturn, companies like Uber and and Airbnb and Twilio and others. Uh, So I I agree. I think there's going to be some of those same uh, elements that come out of this downturn. It's just how does it manifest itself? Is it a new wave of how we look at healthcare. Is it a new way of how we work? I, I think all of those are unanswered questions. But but I love the viewpoint, and and I'll echo Carmen. Thank you guys both for your time, and your and your your uh, your advice, and your vantage point. It's truly unique, and and I really appreciate both of you uh, for not only coming on the show, but for just being great friends. So thank you very much.
3: Thank you guys. Appreciate it, and stay healthy.
1: Yeah. Thank Same you. Thank you. Thanks you all. And uh, we will be back next week, Friday, 1 p.m., right here on the StartupRadioNetwork.com. Thank you very much for Carmen and myself. Have a great week. Stay healthy. Take care, everybody.
0: See you Take guys. care. Bye-bye. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100. And use promo code Startup Ruby.
3: You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.